Tremendous Upside features real talk about mental health. Today we talk about addiction and sexual abuse. I want you to know that before we get into it. Some of the best basketball players to ever play the game come out of New York City. Kareem, Bob Cousy, Bernard King, Chris Mullen, Tiny Archibald. It's not easy to make a splash in that scene, but Kenny Anderson sure made it look easy. The sophomore is not allowed to be recruited yet, and uh, Kenny has received more mail, I guess, than any three or four or five players that we've ever had combined. If I were going to coach him in college, I really would be nervous. He's a legend before you know, he's even played a game in college. I'm Shamiqua Holsclaw from American Public Media. This is Tremendous Upside, real talk with athletes about mental health. Today we got Kenny Anderson. When I was growing up in Queens, he was everything. He made his high school varsity team as a freshman. He broke the state record for points scored. He was named the National High School Player of the Year by five different organizations. All that early success didn't mean Kenny's future was set. Basketball is easy. Life is hard. One of the hardest parts of Kenny's life happened when he was young. He was sexually abused. You know, I kind of threw it under the rug. He tried not to think about it when he went to Georgia Tech and led them to a Final Four. Or when he was the number two draft pick. Or in his 14 years in the NBA. And that led to problems with alcohol, with relationships, with money. Kenny kept a lot of that private for a long time. He didn't want to admit a lot of it to himself, and certainly not to the world. But he found purpose in sharing his story. Here it goes. You talk for me, Kenny? Yes. You hear me? Uh, one, two, three. <laughs> right, <laughs> Kenny got that real New York yeah. accent. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yes. You know <laughs> All right, all right. So, Kenny, let me know. Tell me a little bit what it was like, you know, growing up in Queens, man. What what was it like for you as a kid? Oh, it was awesome. I loved it. You know, uh, I grew up, well, from one to nine, I grew up in South Jamaica, Queens. And then I left, and I moved to Left Rack City. And uh, Left Rack is, it was, it was everything to me. Uh, all the people, you know, uh, People there just accepted me. You know what I'm saying? Everybody accepted everybody. It was just a great uh, environment to be in. The pizzeria, Six Brothers was right across the street from me. I lived in there. You know, <laughs> when my mom's wasn't cooking, I just ate over there. They fed me. They fed me good. You know, bagels, uh, pizza, all type of food. You know, it was always on the house. So for you, uh, when did basketball come into the picture? Um, basketball was always one of my loves. I think my sister, Danielle, who I love, you know, I love her dearly. By six years old, she used to take me to the park. IS8 in Jamaica, Queens. Oh, I used to go I to IS8 Park <laughs> to just go and throw the ball up at the hoop. That's what my mother, you know, she used to say, watch your brother, watch your little brother. You know, and then she used to take me to the park. And I would just throw the ball up. I used to go sit down on the ball and watch all the great players play. Um, uh, play at ISA. And then I moved to Left Rack. And we did the same thing in Left Rack Park. And um, it's just, that, that's just was my life. You know, basketball was, uh, you know, everything to me. You know, I, uh, 
I just, I slept with her. I used to do little drills and stuff around that little apartment, you know, um, dribble the ball, you know, see if I can, wouldn't break anything by dribbling the basketball through through my furniture and things of that nature. That's New York City. That's what we do. That's that's the yeah. that's the culture, man. You dribbling your ball to the store, drinking those quarter waters, them them sugary. Oh, call, oh man, that's what I was. <laughs> quarter water chips. That's all I. Lay's potato chips and wise. That that's right, what was that wise potato chips. <laughs> yeah, barbecue, plain chips and quarter water. I used to just drink that, and that's what I did till like midnight. I stay on the basketball court, play, work out. And sit and watch all the older guys play and eat chips and drink quarter waters all the time. Yeah, but it, it's crazy how we all, you know, do, did the same thing. And there's so many guys that probably were right there with you. But you were you were yeah. different. You you got noticed in sixth grade. You were all city as a freshman. Uh, became a parade first team All American. How did you deal with it? I, I mean, you're older than me, and I remember my uncles trying to grab me. I was a young, young, young. Hey, we gotta <laughs> go sit in this gym, and I just remember the part. That's what I, I remember. You dribbling, skinny. You were so skinny, <laughs> shaking, <laughs> yeah, shaking skinny, people, man. shaking people. Yeah. But how did you like deal with that? Cause New York, man, you know we we support our hoopers. I've been there for Felipe. I've been there for. Stefan, yeah. like you were in many eyes the first. How how was that? Yeah. I was just uh I, I, I just stayed in my neighborhood. It was crazy. Like I stayed in my neighborhood, Left Rack City. They knew that. They knew I was coming. They knew I was um a great talent. And they just didn't want it. It seemed like they didn't want me to mess up like uh many, many have done. You know what I'm saying? They just wanted me to achieve you know, all the goals, and that's to make it, to make it in the NBA, make it in college, and to be able to take care of my family. It seemed that's what they wanted. You know, I had to do that, and I became something, you know, with basketball. Okay, so was anyone around you saying, hey, Kenny, man, you just a, a person, don't get a big head? Who was that person that, you know, kept you focused? Oh, oh, that was crazy. It was people. It was, it was Vincent Smith and Pierre Turner. Okay. You guys like, man, you don't take nothing from nobody. If, if, if anything, we will give it to you. You know, um, Howie Lawrence helped me a great deal. He was a cab driver, and he worked for Con Edison uh, in the city. And he said, you keep a B average, you go to Malloy and uh, never wanted nothing, just wanted me to be the best um, in basketball, and he wanted me to get a good education. You talked about problems your mom had with alcohol and drugs. How did that yeah. affect you? It affected me, you know, watching watching her, you know, her alcohol and, and drug abuse, you know, um, when it reached my mother, it um, it kind of tore me up, but that's what made me work a lot harder. When Kenny needed something he didn't have at home, his neighborhood supported him and lifted him up. But it was also where Kenny says he was sexually abused for the first time. The second time, he says it was a coach. I wanted to play uh, uh, in Brooklyn. I, I, I chose to play out there, and I went to one of the coaches' house. For my mother, I didn't really ask, and I went, and um, he tr he tried, and I just woo, I just got up like er like it was early in the morning. I got up and I just I rode the train like th I was 13 years old, rode the train all the way back to Queens by myself. It was kind of amazing, and um, I, I did it because I wanted to play, 
you know, I want to play in his in one of one of the tournaments. So it was it was it was kind of just a strange um ordeal that happened to me. You know what I mean? It happened twice and um I just threw it under the rug and just forgot it, but it did happen to me. And um I'm able to talk about it now, but um you know, before I wasn't. You know, because I became something. You know, I be- I became this basketball star, so I kind of like, you know, threw it on the rug. I ain't want nobody to know. He did become a star. He got so many awards in high school, he told a reporter it made him embarrassed. After high school, he went on to Georgia Tech and led them to a Final Four in his freshman year. We have a minute 55 to play in overtime. Michigan State leading by one, and now it's Georgia Tech leading by one as Kenny Anderson delivers another two points, 31 on the night. Young fella says, get on my back, I'm going to carry you home. After his sophomore year, he knew it was time to go pro. With the second pick in the 1991 NBA draft, the New Jersey Nets select Kenny Anderson from Georgia Tech. (laughs) Oh my, Kenny Anderson, the local product from New York City, will stay. You were a number two overall pick in the draft, so suddenly you're rich, um, you're famous. Like, where was your head at? I really don't know. It went so fast, you know. <laughs> it, it went fast. I really don't know. It's just like I'm rich. I'm, you know. I really don't know. Just I enjoyed it. I enjoyed playing. I enjoyed my life. I'm 49 years old right now, and I enjoyed every bit of it. And I won't lie and say I didn't. All the mishaps, mishaps. But you live and learn. You know. I come from nothing, and I've I've gained everything. So it's a, it's a gift and a curse. A couple of things came back to haunt Kenny. The tough years he had while his mom struggled with addiction and the times he was sexually abused. You know, when I when that had happened to me, I kind of hid from it. You know, when I played in the lead and um, I hid from it with all the women and things like that. And then, the, you know, the I have like eight children. So four, four or five baby mamas. It was just, that's one of the reasons it, 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 it hit home. You were just trying to not think about life, probably, right? Yeah, that's that's what it was. I was thinking about, I wasn't thinking about the right things. I was always thinking about the wrong things. <laughs> Kenny's NBA career had him playing a few seasons here, a few seasons there. For nine teams in 14 years. He made an All-Star game once and the playoffs a few times. Then in 2005, it was over. Where was your head at when your career as a player ended? Because I know this part, this transition, man, takes the air out of a lot of people. It don't matter how much money you have, how much success. No, I didn't. And that's that's what you said, money and success. It didn't matter. Um, I went a little nuts. You know what I mean? I I went nuts because I didn't know how to handle myself for about three years. Um, You know, I, I just, I slept. And I woke up, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I lived in Florida um, uh, by Miami, and I that's, uh, that's all I did. I, I really did not know what I wanted to do. We'll be right back. Tremendous Upside is supported by Health Partners and MakeItOK.org. 
Make It Okay is a campaign to start conversations and stop the stigma around mental illnesses. We have real conversations about mental health on this show. That's so important to do because not enough people are talking about this stuff, and it's serious. The good news is that people can, and do, get better. They get help. That's why we need to make it okay to talk openly. It can be an awkward conversation, but makeitokay.org is full of information you can use, like what to say or not to say, and stories from people who tell you what it's like to live with depression, anxiety, and other mental illnesses. Go to makeitokay.org where you can take the pledge to make it okay. Thank you so much to Health Partners and to Make It Okay for joining us in fighting stigma so we can all get better. We're back. In 2005, Kenny's NBA career ended. He filed for bankruptcy and his mother died. When my grandmother passed away, and that was like my my everything, man, I... You know, suffered through, you know, psychosis. I was, I was depressed. Let's talk. Let's let's really talk, man. That's your, that's your everything. That's you referred yeah. back to your mom so much, Kenny. It reminds me of me just talking about my grandmother. So I felt like life was over, you know. And what's next? I mean, I'm sure you had those moments too, you know. Yeah, I, I did, and that's when she passed away. I was like, man, what am I gonna do? But I, I figured it all out. I sat down. I had to, you know, first of all, I had to take care of myself. I had to figure out what was I doing? What was I doing? And I was partying. I was hanging out. I was drinking. I was. I had to cut that out. I had to take care of Kenny. Like so many, you know, former um, athletes that have experienced, you know, such success. I always say, because we're, we're coached, you know, since we're young, we're told how great we're going to be. Certain things we yep. don't have to do. We kind of just, you know, go go through life and then that ball stops. And it's like, okay, I know for some of my guy friends that played in, play in the league, they're like, hey, Meek, you know, like, when you retired, did everybody go away? Because a lot of times you retire, you have families, there's no more hopping on these private planes, you know, with your boys, everything kind of like slowed down and, and it's a really hard hey. adjustment um, for uh, a lot of them. But, you know, as I talk to other athletes and, you know, it's when we're, when it's over, you know, when you're in it, things are going so fast, but when you sit yeah. in that stillness, it's things yeah. that are come up and, and emotions yeah. that you're feeling, you're like, Man, where is this coming from? It it just kind of knocks you off balance, but you you and know that affected me. I, I think it affected me how I you know I, I I how my life has went. I have like eight. I have eight kids. Love all of them. You know, I see them. I'm in their lives now. But I think you know I, I was a womanizer. It's just all that. It's just it all it all it all fits in now. How my life went. You know what I'm saying? But now I got control of myself. I'm married and I got I got a lot of control of myself. So I, I but I think that's just, you know, how I dealt with it. You know, uh, how I dealt with it is being a womanizer. And, um, and that's just the truth. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it, it, it's sad, but it's the truth. Yeah, a lot of times you see people with like trauma issues, abuse issues, mental health. They do stuff to make them feel feel different. Yeah. You know, I know yeah. for and that's me, that's what I was doing. Right, I was drinking. You know, my you know, you run across people, weed, the sex. You know, yeah, um, yeah. Is that like you? You just mentioned that's what you were doing. How did yeah. you change those behaviors? Well, I got with my I got with my wife, my wife uh, Natasha. 
and I just uh, I went to school and I saw different things. I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to live like that no more. And I knew I had to change. Um, my mother wanted me to change on a, when she passed. About three months before she passed, she was just telling me, "Yeah, I want you to change. You know, get your life together." And I, I, I said, "Okay, I will." I, and I promised her I will. In 2011, Kenny got a job coaching at a private high school in Florida. A couple years later, he got arrested for a DUI. The school didn't renew his contract. Oh, I was wilding out. Whoa, <laughs> I was wilding okay. out. I was, I was wilding out, man. I was coaching. You know, I, I just wasn't in a good place. Okay. And I just was wilding out. I was drinking. I coached well, but I was also, in my time off, I was drinking, and I just I just didn't understand well, what was it all about. Okay. You know, I had to get, you know, you know, get it with myself. It was crazy. You know what I mean? And um, that, that woke me up. I had to come with it. Couldn't lie. I had to come clean, and I did. And, you know, I went to the classes. Uh, I even had the thing on my, on my truck. It was it was a little embarrassing at first, but it was uh, it was necessary for me. I had to I had to live it. You were were you like masking like things that were were going on? Like were you you know? And I was we'll say a funk, depressed. Like what was the the emotion behind it? Because I know like for me, man, when I'm going through, it, I don't want to fucking think. You know, I, I would just have a have a drink. One, two, three, four. You know. Yeah, I think it was everything. You know, okay. I, I was I was out the lead. I was going through a lot, you know, on my plate, and I I didn't know how to handle it. I had to get some help. And you gave in, you know, you you gave. It seems like you gave into doing the work, and that's what a lot of people, you know, fail to to do in therapy. Man, let me tell you, I always tell people, <laughs> you find out who you really are. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. No smoke, I was, no smoke I was screens. <laughs> I was a demon. I I was a demon. I was bad. I was bad when I found out who I was. I was a demon towards you know towards women, just trying to get women that I like any choice oh if you, you Kenny Anderson the NBA player could get any woman you know any woman he wanted and that was kind of true you know what I mean and then that's what I that's how I took them um I, I mean I, I lied to them many a times I fronted on them many a times just to just to get them you know what I mean and that's just not the right thing to do um as an individual it's just not right and um, that's what I did, you know, um, to get it because of all the scars that I was battling. Definitely. I, I feel like when you live in your truth, it's like people yeah. always ask me, man, you share. You're just so transparent. I said when I walk in the room and I'm, I was pretty much an introvert shot. But when I walk in the room, I'm, I'm authentic. I am who I am. You, you, what, what anything you could say about me, I've already said. And that is a yeah. freeing feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just like, wow, man, you know, I can, I can move forth and, you know, really take in the air now and just breathe, breathe different. So you've had those, you know, highs and lows and seem to be all over the, all over the place at, you know, at a time. How's it now? Um, it's going good. I, like I had a stroke about nine, 10 months ago, I had a stroke and, um, it's, it's holding up. And really right now it's at its peak. I'm doing very well. You know, this month I'm able to talk. You know, I'm able to talk to you and do this interview because if you would have tried me last um, uh, about 10 months ago, yeah, I couldn't have. I would have said something crazy on here. You know what I'm saying? Right. But um, 
Um, I'm 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 doing well, taking my medic my meds and just you know t- I go to Vanderbilt, um, my my psyche uh, uh, every Thursday, getting therapy. So what happened with the stroke? It took a it took some of my memory, some of my memory. Okay, uh, is, is it went away. So I, I'm trying to gain that and uh, gain some of my memory, and um, it's it's tough, but I'm I'm handling it. I'm I'm handling it pretty well. And, um, you know, that's the main thing I'm going through right now. And I just thank God it wasn't worse. You know, right. my dog, Caleb, you know, I, I didn't like dogs. Uh, I love Caleb because he's one to save me. He he got my daughter. He scratched on her door, woke up. She said, oh, he's going, hey, he's having a stroke. Call the ambulance. Boom. The ambulance came to my house. Boom. It was all, it was all set. Wow. And they caught it real quick. Right. They caught it real quick. Mm-hmm. And they gave me something in 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 the uh, ambulance, and boom, you know what I'm saying? I was good for the stroke, and um, I I never left, um, never lost any of my walking ability or anything. So right. I just thank God, you know, I thank God that I'm still here. It's been it's just it's just a a great feeling. If you look at this book of your life, Kenny, what can people learn about mental health from your life? You have to have to get help. You have to get somebody that's in it, someone, doctor, or person that's in it to help you. And once you do that, I think it, it's, it's a start. Uh, you can't do it by yourself. Or I, I really don't like dealing with your families or your friends because mm-hmm. they're really not sure. They, they're going to say certain things that's going to, you know, maybe make it worse. And, you know, they, 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 you, you got to find a doctor, you know, in, in that profession that can help you, but you can't do it alone. Cannot, cannot. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're just gonna fight it and you're just gonna lose. I, I, I you gotta lose. It's a, it's a battle you're gonna lose by yourself. A film crew followed Kenny around a few years ago. They made a movie about his life. In this one scene, he goes to give a pep talk to a kid's basketball program in New Jersey. He tells them how hard it was to see his mom's drug addiction up close. You know, I come from an alcoholic family, drug addicts. My household, you know, w- was terrible. So it's, it's, it's emotional when I talk about that. It was really bad because I saw my mother go through some stuff that it's real. So y'all don't know how good you have it. Yeah. So Kenny tells them his mom like, meant the world to him. But her addiction brought bad people into their life and trauma into their home. I never wish that on nobody to, 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 to really experience that, it's, it was, it's, it's surreal, it's crazy. These kids are quiet. They take a team picture with Kenny. Then one of them goes up to him to say thank you. I feel like, like older African yeah. men don't really yeah. speak to young the youth. Like yeah, that. man. But um, this story really like, like touched me, like, yeah. like flew for heart, like came to my heart. And I just want to say I thank you for sharing that with us and telling us that. Today, Kenny is the head men's basketball coach at Fisk, a historically black university in Nashville. It's a small school. The team takes a lot of L's. But for Fisk and Kenny, it's about more than that. You know, I get to mentor those young men that I'm, that's on my team and that's what I'm recruiting. And that's what it's all about. I want to really help some of the young men that I'm coaching to get them right, to get them right. 
And, right, um, definitely. That's, that's gonna be your legacy. To that's gonna be the yes. next part of your legacy, man. It's, it's yeah, it's my legacy. It's not so much the wins, the losses. It's the legacy. It's what 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 those kids think of you when it's over. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I have to gravitate to. And there's things that I have to build and have to get to know. But, you know, I coach at Fist and I love it. But that's what I wanted to do is to help some of the young men prosper. And not just on a basketball court, but in life in general. You know, basketball is easy. Life is hard. And that's the thing with me. Like some kids, basketball has been easy my whole life. I can really say it. It's just life has been difficult for me. Right. It's, it's a good, it's a great transition. You know, it's, it, it creates, a, in a sense, um, you know, it's a low pressure environment. But is that really, really, really true? Maybe not. But, um, you know, I was like, Kitty, I was reading, I was like, Kitty A, washing the, the towels for the team. These were those yeah, stories. Yeah, I do everything. Yeah, yeah. And we just talked about it. My my sister and they was like, where the uniform? I said, I got the uniforms at home. I'm washing them. So it's just, <laughs> I'll got them. I'll bring them on a trip tomorrow. Don't worry about it. So it's things of that nature. Just just growing, man, as an individual. And, and I would never, back then, playing in the lead, maybe be like, I ain't washing no uniforms. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. but, but, you know, you, you, you humble yourself. And you humble yourself for the better of others. For the better of others. That's kind of Kenny's motto these days. He's talking about everything he went through. Sexual abuse, seeing his mom in a bad spot with drugs, having his own problems with alcohol. He talks about it because he thinks his story can help other people. That's why I do this too. We got to help each other out by sharing our mental health journeys. The good, the bad, the ugly. All of it. That's exactly what this show is about. The movie about Kenny is called Mr. Chips, the Kenny Anderson story. We'll be back next time with Brian Dawkins, a.k.a. Weapon X. I had a lot of people talking at me or talking about me like I'm a superhero. Like nothing gets to me. Things bounce off me. That's not always the case. Tremendous Upside is a production of American Public Media. I'm your host, Shamiqua Holsclaw. John Moe created the show. Phyllis Fletcher is our editor. Producers include Chrissy Pease, Tracy Mumford, and Christina Lopez. Our recording engineer was Jay Seabold. Veronica Rodriguez mixed this episode. Our theme song is by Riley Mackin. Tremendous Upside is supported by Health Partners and MakeItOK.org. Make It OK is a campaign to start conversations and stop the stigma around mental illnesses. MakeItOK.org has information that can help you and your loved ones. Starting a conversation can be awkward. Make It OK has tips on what to say or not to say. It has stories of hope from people who have been there. You can take the pledge to Make It OK at makeitok.org. Again, if you or someone you know needs someone to talk to, trained volunteers are available. You can text the word HOME to 741-741 or call 1-800-273-TALK. Anytime of the day, someone's there and it's free.